So thick it could trap sand Such a talented chap for all his sins Not only guitar does he play But he also bashes upon the tins <laughs> you go, I've got a bit more, you got more? Okay, all right, okay. He's played with musicians who are great and thus has sealed his fate To become a man worth a tribute, not a toaster Bring on the leader of Groller Coaster <laughs> <laughs> Very good Number 28, ladies and gentlemen So how long did it take to find a ride for Groller Coaster? <laughs> <laughs> coaster, Boaster, Loaster, no Toaster, that'll toaster, do. Yeah, toaster, that'll do. Yeah. I had, I had like literally two and a half minutes earlier on. So you wrote these this time. I wrote these this time. Uh, <laughs> that was awesome. No, it's um, I'll sign it, and uh, <laughs> it might be worth something in I don't know four or five hundred years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. My favourite yeah. line is Dave is the leader of the band. A beard so thick it could trap sand. Yeah, <laughs> he has got a fantastic beard. It's very true. Unfortunately, I don't have the same level of beard or hair as him. <laughs> as the Dave. As the man himself. All right. Number 28, we're here. We're Sorry for there. probably a lot of noise there, but I was just adjusting the microphones. Oh, that's all right. All good. Um, okay. Our guest this evening is um, Jim. Good evening. Hello, Jim. Hello. <laughs> you, uh, you guys have met before. Yes. Briefly, yes, in a field. In a, yeah, in a field in Kingsworthy. Yes. Yes, there you go, near Winchester. Yeah. Yep. What, both gigging your bands? No, well, no, time? you, you uh, Jim was gigging. Yeah. Um, and, and Rob briefly mentioned it to me. But my brother Rob, who was episode two or three. Three. Sorry, um, is the drummer in Jim's band. Um, Rob mentioned to me, oh, we're playing a festival in Winchester, and then didn't mention it again, so me, Kelly... My stepdaughter Casey and my other brother Stewie turned up and surprised him, basically. <laughs> I hear he got quite emotional. He got emotional <laughs> that you turned up. Yeah, but he hit it well. <laughs> I, know, I know, maybe backstage, you have to tell me, Jim, maybe backstage he was just like a wreck. I did, notice, I did notice that, you know, the drumming was a little bit more emotional that night. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the, the intro. I couldn't the put intro my finger on it, but yeah. First like to experience a you bit say more. It. <laughs> <laughs> there was some uh, vigour. Yeah. <laughs> to love, the love hates. <laughs> Jim, give us um, give it, give it to us from the start. From the top, because you're currently the the main man. You are the Dave Grohl 
in roller coaster, roller coaster. Well, okay, can I leap in? That's contentious, right? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it depends. Depends which which. Oh, I know. But that's the beauty of the band. We're going to start off by talking about this. The beauty of this is why I love the beauty of this band is instead of doing a Foo Fighters tribute act, you've done uh, a singular musician who is involved in multiple things. So you get yep. to you get to broaden your horizon songwise, which is bloody brilliant, if you ask me. Yeah, it's yeah. it's great fun, and I think one of the reasons it's ended up like that is when I first looked into it, there were already quite a lot of Foo Fighters bands, and that's great. But I felt like okay, maybe I want to do something a bit different. And um, I, I love everything Dave Grohl does, pretty much. He's got, so the, Midas, to he's think, got the Midas touch. Yeah, and I thought, I also love the Queens of the Stone Age. How can I build a band <laughs> around this? <laughs> and uh, just thought, oh, yeah, maybe you could do something that was loosely themed around all, the, all his bands, which is, you know, many, because he's even been in things like Tenacious D, D and he's oh, yeah. been in Nine Inch Nails, he's even recorded with... So um oh, he's busy, isn't he? It brings in a lot of <laughs> yeah, <laughs> them um, crooked vultures, them crooked vultures, yeah. great band. Um, so we do bits and pieces of other stuff, um, and it 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 gives us a bit of a challenge in terms of, in in a couple of ways. It, in terms of as a cover band or a tribute band, we're somewhere in between, and you know we can't I can't really dress up as him or look too much like him because then I sing like Kurt in the next song. <laughs> so I'm trying to so that just looks looks weird. So. Uh, <laughs> schizophrenic stage attire yeah you can, unless you're gonna have like a mrs doubtfire moment where you're like <laughs> yeah. half one thing and half another <laughs> well, <hello. laughs> yeah. that's what i mean so so being being the front man of grody coast you, you there's you, you're josh Hom one minute you're dave Grohl, you're kurt cobain you're yeah there's a few tricks i use uh, i've got a little vocal box which has a, a chorus effect on it which is perfect for kurt because a lot of his Vocals have that slightly underwater sound. That's right. So you can instantly, almost anyone could sing into that and it will sound a bit like her. <laughs> so I can get away with a lot. Um, I mean, I, we do Tenacious D, so Jack Black is just not that difficult for me. It's just kind of quite nasally high-pitched. Yeah. Uh, I don't have his range, but <laughs> I can have He's a He's actually a really good singer, Jack Black. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's like... Possibly people write him off with a bit of a comic vocal, but yeah. he's incredible. Yeah. I've just heard him doing yeah. Spirit of the Radio with oh, Dave yeah, Grohl yeah. on drums. Yeah. <laughs> um, and a keyboard player doing all the guitar parts. It was incredible. Yeah. Incredible. But Yeah, he's amazing. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm chopping and changing a lot uh, but with a few tricks here and there, a bit of smoke and mirrors. It, it, I think it kind of works. Um, and it's fun. I think it's fun for the audience because they're not, they don't know what to expect next. It mm. could be... You know, could be Teen Spirit, could be uh, Foo Fighters song. So uh, it's kind of fun. We mix it up. But we've never really done like a, I've always wondered whether we should do like a chronological thing. Um, I once went and saw Silver Beatles, I think, at the Brook, and they start off dressed up in the, the 60s suits and they, by the end they're all in the Sergeant ah. Pepper's regalia and kind of, it tells Very a bit good. of a story. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, we've never we've never actually done that. The story, of, cool. story of Dave Grohl. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Things, there's, there's crossover, isn't there? Oh so you'd be God. Foo Fighters and then you'd be Tenacious D and they'd back to Foo Fighters again a bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it'd be so confusing. <laughs> and he'd have to jump from behind the drums to the front. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's another thing. We, I guess it gives me the chance every now and again we'll do an instrument swap. And that, I, that's an interesting. I'd like to ask you guys how you feel about instrument swaps in a minute. But I get to play maybe one or two songs on drums, which is just great to, to go because that's where I started. Uh, See, so yeah, um, I, right. I, I often ask that question. What was your first... You know, what was your first instrument 
In yeah. fact, I always ask that question. What was your first instrument and why? Yeah, so um, for me, it was uh, piano. Actually. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. So my mum was really keen for me to learn the piano. She pretty much forced me to go to lessons, which I hated at the time. What kind of age was this? Uh, I must have been 27. Phoning me up every day. Uh, no, I'm, I think about eight, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, went through the grades, got up to only about grade four before I kind of really managed to fight against her and she let me <laughs> stop going. But um, by then, the other instruments were taking my in, my catching my interest. Um, but yeah, I did, did piano for quite a while and that's really, that and drums are the only things I've really had lessons in. Um, other than that, you know, I've messed, I've messed about on guitar, uh, quite a lot. I, I'm not, I don't count myself as a guitarist really, uh, do enough to play the chords on the Foo Fighters songs and someone else can do the lead. Um, so yeah, that it was piano. And then I suppose, um, I just kept seeing drums and and it just you know when it just catches your eye and you just yeah yeah what's that um and just every i'd listen to i'd zone into the drums when i was listening to the radio or you'd go and see a band or the theater or something with with my parents and i'd be watching the drummer instead of watching that's the play cool. and that's cool you think what, oh, what, how do you how do you get to do that yeah and you just you have no idea how you're going to get there but you think maybe one day i'll I'll figure out how to do that. That's cool. Um, but yeah, on the instrument swap, I'm interested what you guys think because I've had mixed mixed <laughs> reviews on it, and I've, really? people, I've had a few members of Growler Coaster, and some have been very up for it, some not so much. Um, and I don't know what it is, it, it, whether it's the giving up your own instrument or whether it's just not feeling comfortable enough to play another instrument on the stage. But, so, uh, what's been the pushback? Is it been I think I think I've seen you got I've seen you guys on YouTube doing or no maybe it's a video that someone sent me on WhatsApp um, Rage Against the Machine. Oh yeah, with your bass player singing, you on yes. the tins I believe, Robbie on bass. Yeah, which is yeah. cool. Yeah, which is cool. Uh, I enjoy that stuff. Yeah, I, I like that stuff. I think audiences quite like it. Yeah, but I've, maybe I've just convinced myself of that. in <laughs> 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 no. with your band, it definitely works. It def- it's really cool because. Um, your bass player spring is such a character. Yeah. I think just unleashing it on the audience for like four minutes. Yeah. If I don't let her have that moment, I don't know what would happen. You know? but she, she, gotta, she's she's caged up behind a bass for like, like, for like an hour or so. Then that four minutes of like in your face. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, of, we often joke that it's actually her, her band and I'm just a singer in her band. But um, she's an amazing character. She will just bump into someone and then... Few months later, she's touring Europe, singing for them. You know, she's just so, like outgoing. She'll meet people and chat to them. And she's actually been, like I say, the front woman for a couple of bands. So um, she's no stranger to the mic. So that, I think that helps if you're going to do a swap to have that key person that's going to be the focal point. And then if the ones around aren't that confident, it doesn't really matter too much. Yeah, I suppose. That's it, that's it. Mm. Well, so, yeah. my story. I, don't, I haven't actually met her, but my story is. I, when I when she was away in Italy, I played with you guys, and we turned up at the festival. And I got there first because I just had a good drive. And the, the guy met us there, and he was like, "Oh, hello!" And I said, "Oh, I'm with Roller Coaster and all this." He's like, "Oh, yeah!" And he saw confusion in his eyes. <laughs> yeah. And then when when I said, he goes, well, "What do you do?" I said, "Well, I'm, I'm playing the bass tonight." He went, "Oh." <laughs> this, this sounds like gospel. Yeah, well, no, no, I think it was, was, it, was, it, was, it, was the Oxford one. Yeah, yeah, okay, so. He saw went, oh, oh. 
Like yeah. it was a spring spring knot here tonight. I'm just like, no, sorry, no, she's away. <laughs> like, like, thanks for hiding your disappointment. Yeah, but it's all yeah. good. But I think yeah. it was the same. I don't know if it's the same one, but I had someone come up to us after you played for us, and uh, he was like, he was quite drunk, and he was like, Where, "Where's the American girl?" And I went, uh, "Well, um, she's Italian um, for a start, but she's she's away." And he went, "Oh." Uh, well, why? And I was like, I'm really sorry. Again, like not hiding the disappointment. I, yeah. I said, but like, hopefully you enjoyed the gig anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. She gets a lot of attention. Sorry about the Welsh guy on bass, but <laughs> we'll get the American girl back next time. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. Yeah, but um, so I, I, I don't know if it's because um, I, I, from from the bands I was in as a teenager and all the way through, I've always kind of thrown in an instrument swap, almost like when you have a fag break or a drink break. <laughs> it's quite a good time. Someone always jumps on the drums, don't they? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. that's all said. You and it's it. kind of come from that. And yeah. I've just always quite enjoyed a bit of it, just shake it up a little bit. And, yeah. But, I, yeah. I mean, you, when, you, when you guys do instrument swaps, everyone can play the instrument they swap to. This is <laughs> quite helps. important. <laughs> Unlike when I think Caroline's did one at the start of... A Talking Heads gig years did ago. Did we? Oh, I'm shit. sure. And it was... What did I end up with? Drums? I just, no, I was on the drums. Oh, I, I, that was ridiculous. No, you were on the drums and I was on the keys, <laughs> which was even worse. Oh, my God. We're anyway. on the bass again. Oh, well, I'm seeing a theme here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he does like a bit of bass, old Robbie. <laughs> old Rob man. It's, yeah. um, it's good. But, um... What... So, uh, drums. And was that... Did you play in bands with drum? With yeah, drums? so I think early days, like when, like I was saying about how things caught my attention. Like I, I remember going to, um, I think it was like a, it was my parents were involved in church, and there was like a, it's got a military band that were attached to the, the scout group there, and the this military band were amazing. And there's, I remember a guy who had four kind of toms or drums strapped mm. to his chest, and he was going around them, and they did, I think they did. Um, do you know Hawaii Five O? That kind of theme. Yeah. And every now and again, he. I was like, I like that. That's the shit. And I, I think, yeah, yeah. And my, but not don't say in church. But, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, but my dad was in bands, but he played guitar, and his brother, my uncle, played drums. So there was stuff around that. There were guitars around the house, and. And I tried it a few times, but just didn't really take to the guitar. I didn't fully get it. Um, and then eventually, after years of like talking about it, my parents finally went, oh, for God's sake, we'll get you drum lessons for your birthday. And um, they were friends with a guy called Rob Henrit, who played in the Kinks. Wow. And um, that, was, that reminds me, you, every new year, my parents' friends all get together and they'd all sort of get drunk and then get the instruments would come out and you've yeah, got like, yeah. the guy from the kinks on drums and um, <laughs> my like, dad on guitar sometimes. And so that was like world-class jam sessions. Brilliant. Yeah. Like, my, my new years are great. Um, but he, Rob knew another Rob called uh, Rob, uh, Bob Wackett. And that was my drum teacher, Mr. Oh, Wackett. Mr. Wackett. That's Mr. amazing. Mr. Wackett. That is amazing. Drum isn't teacher. It? <laughs> yeah. And I, 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 <laughs> Do you that's his stage name? <laughs> <laughs> as far as I know, it's for real. Uh, 
And it's got me out of many, a, you know, when you have to come up with an icebreaker at work and yeah. Yeah. think of one fact about yourself. And I was like, oh God, I've got such a boring uh, life. I can't think of anything. And then that one. My drum that. teacher was Bob Wackett. And they go, no, no, no way. <laughs> so Mr. Wackett, he was actually Dusty Springfield's drummer. Oh, wow. So right. um, it's it just kind of, I suppose, being I, I grew up in North London, so there was just that kind of, there was always people around people that around, yeah, just yeah. kind of had been in... Well, that's the house where Suggs used to live, or you know, the kind of yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it's quite a good scene around there. And um, so eventually got drum lessons, and then I was I was away. I loved it. Um, but I kind of kept the guitar going in the background, but I just never got particularly great at it. My brother was more of a guitarist; he could play the solos, and we we would jam, and we were in many many bands together. So when did the drum kit arrive? That's a big moment, is it? When the actual kit it arrived? Is. Yeah, I think was I that, had was like, it a Christmas morning, or was it a no? It's, it's another or... like say, laboriously saved up with you know my Saturday job and oh wow, good on you, um, Christmas money, birthday money, perfect. No, no, <laughs> so so was that before or after the lessons? I think the lessons came first because like the whole deal was right. Let's see how you go with the lessons, and then we'll talk mm-hmm. about drum kits, whether you're allowed one in the house, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, finally. You know, managed to convince them it was a good idea. And I, I don't know, my neighbours must have hated oh us. Oh, my God. My, yeah, it's, it's so it? loud. It's, it's so killer. loud. And I used to come home. I was li- When I moved back in with my parents through one of my life periods, I my brother was young, he's 10 years younger than me, and he had a kit in the, my dad's bedroom. And I'd come home with my stereo blasting, pull up on the drive, turn off, like, Incubus, and like I'd hear the Queens of the Stone Age from the bedroom <laughs> and the whole close. It's just like, and he'd never held back. And I was just like, oh my God, the neighbours must lose their yeah. minds. Was anything ever said or was it? No, I don't think so. Right. You know what I mean? I think because he struck to a bit of a regime where he'd only play between like five and six or something like that. And then, you know, it'd be over. People just sort of tolerated it and, yeah. and, and you know, and he was bloody good. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't too well, I'd come over and he'd be playing, you know, like, <laughs> And it's like so loud. So yeah, I feel for your neighbours as well. Yeah, and I, I did try and get into the habit of just going and knocking first and just letting them know. And they were very sweet, really nice. Um, but I mean, people must have heard it down the road. And, and when you're learning as well, you're kind of you've got no real. There's no dynamics. It's all one one volume. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like yeah. ridiculous. But um, yeah, and then my brother would join in on guitar and really uh, really whack it up. <laughs> early early influences. On the tins? Uh, drums, I mean, Dave Grohl was there from quite early on, I think, from hearing Nirvana, really. So um, what kind of era was this, if you don't mind asking? So early 90s, I finally got my kit, I suppose, 92, something like that. So that was that. never mind, so, kind of. Yeah, mm. yeah, that just come out. And then um, I was trying to learn Rage Against Machines stuff. and That was 92 as well, I think. Yeah, Chili, so it was a really great time. Blood Sugar was 92. That kind of, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. all, you know, Tool, yeah, Metallica. I think Undertow was 92. Was Black maybe, Album and, was 92? Yeah, yeah all of yeah. it. It's just a great... It was a great, great time. And, and obviously, like, you know, I was late teens. My brother was mid-teens. That's a great time to be into Nirvana because it's all kind of like feeling sorry for yourself and thinking the world <laughs> revolves around you and, and uh, it just sort of like was a bit of a soundtrack to our soundtrack teens. To your soul. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it definitely struck a chord with us. So we would try and, you know, bash those tunes out and have a go at the singing. We could never, you could never really emulate someone <laughs> like Kirk. It's just so, so difficult. It's an incredible I'm feel, voice. I'm feeling even, even more sorry for your neighbours right now. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. And then you you hear something or you read something like, oh, how did he, how did Kirk scream like that? Oh, he used to sit on his bedroom floor and just scream. Scream for hours. For hours. hours. Yeah, you heard it. that as well, yeah, right? So me and my brother yeah, were like, yeah. okay, so that's what we have to do. Yeah. <laughs> just try and, yeah, basically, basically just try and break your throat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's what it is, really, isn't it? You're tearing, tearing yeah, bits tearing of your throat. Cords, so, that, so they don't go back perfectly together. <laughs> yeah. Place. Yeah. But. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a, a pretty happy teenage time just <laughs> hiding away in but our what, rooms. What a time to be a teenager, though. Like you were saying, at ninety-two, yeah. all those. I, mean, I don't think it's not the same now, is it? Because because we don't. When a new album comes out, we've probably spoken about this before, but I remember queuing up at HMV oh, to get a new album. Yeah. So the excitement of a new album coming out was, oh, was yeah. pretty intense. Was you had to get up early, you had to get on the bus, you had to go to HMV and be the, at like ten to nine. The morning yeah. of. I remember we, me and me and a friend Trev had some money together. We were so poor when we were kids, obviously, and we knew we knew that Porn of Pyros, Tool, and the Primus album Pork Soda was coming out on the same day. We had enough to buy all three if we walked to town, <laughs> which was fourteen miles. Oh my word! Bloody hell! Yeah, <laughs> from Blackfield all the way around to into town, and so and it was just like. And we got there. Did you catch the ferry? Oh, you couldn't afford it? No, we couldn't afford the ferry. <laughs> if, we'd afford, if we'd got the ferry, we wouldn't have been able to afford one of those albums. So that's so, but that's, you know what I mean? And then another time we had... Um, I guess then you had 14 miles on the way back just looking at the Well, no, luckily, <laughs> one of our friends drove in. He could have told us. Oh, uh, what? <laughs> we're in HMV and we're like, all right, how are you going? He's like, yeah, we're like, oh, can we get a lift back? <laughs> we're knackered. Oh, so you got to hear it before you, before you got home. Yeah. Because the, right. the other memory is... Taking the cellophane off, yeah, on the bus, reading through it, imagining what it sounds like. Yeah, and actually get home and putting the CD in That's or whatever. It. And the lyrics as well, like yeah. getting so excited Lyric that books. you could read the lyrics. Yeah, exactly. Um, which now you know you just Google it in five yeah, seconds. Five seconds. Yeah, it's and reading the lyrics experience. before you hear the music. Yeah, yeah. It's prompted me to think of um, the, the first Foo Fighters album when that came out. I, I just knew that I wanted to hear it and I hadn't heard a single track on the album when I when I bought it. I just knew I had oh, to have that. Amazing. And I was thinking earlier that that's such a weird thing to think now that you would have not have heard it and then you go and buy it. And it's so different now with, you know, things like Spotify. Streaming and Spotify. And yeah, um, you you yeah. probably would have heard one, you know, probably a bit of it on TikTok or <laughs> you would have heard a single somewhere and you'd go and you can probably go and get it from Spotify or iTunes or whatever just so instantly mm. you haven't got that like you say it's the anticipation getting on the bus yeah. thing also it's, it's your, your mate saying I've got the new Nirvana album he's yeah. saying oh if I bring in a tape can you give me a copy <laughs> yeah, and you come back to school the next exactly day and give you a tape yeah. of it yeah. I spent many times going to the, the library and, and getting stuff out of the library did you do that and, yeah, and yeah, then yeah, taped, yeah, taping yeah. it taping it off the library <laughs> off the, the CD from the library but it, may, it makes you appreciate it more yeah, I think, I think, I think so. you really relish the first listening. It's, I think, which is a big part of why vinyl's making a bit of a comeback because people we, are <laughs> dig, digging into that kind of first exposure thing. We are, yeah. we are sounding like the uh, the old fogies now who say, Get off my lord. these young kids don't know they're born. <laughs> They've got it so instantaneous nowadays; they don't know they're born." Yeah. But it's true, though. You know what I mean? It's it's so accessible. Yeah, and I, I wonder if. I don't know, maybe we valued it more because we had to work so hard. And the same with learning an instrument. I think, I don't know, again, sound, you sound so old fogey, but the hours I spent trying to figure out a song yeah. Yeah. or yeah. the lyrics to a song yeah. or just like the little twiddly bit in the That's middle. It. And now two-second Google and it's there exactly. on a YouTube Which tutorial. Which is that story of um, 
McCartney and George Harrison having to get a bus across Liverpool because they knew someone that knew a B7 chord. Is that right? That's cool. Yeah. I've got I've got one of those things called an Aiden. <laughs> if I struggle with anything, can, can you just figure this out for me, Aiden? And he'll just write it out for you. He's awesome. It's brilliant. It's kind of like Songster, but way better. <laughs> yeah, cheaper probably. Actually, talking to the Beatles, I think Ringo was quite an early influence on me and not because he's the most amazing drummer but just I think I, I got quite into the Beatles in, in a big way and kind of did all their you know investigated all their albums got all their albums out of the library um and kind of went through them methodically and and um I had a friend who was like a super Beatles fan and he helped me sort of pick through that because it's there's just so much of it mm. but so I remember kind of tapping along to Ringo's beats and thinking you know this is quite cool and it's only later on when you kind of read a bit more about it and find a bit more about it that you see that he's sort of looked down on a bit a, yeah. a bit as a drummer. Um, but I, I still think he, you know, know, it's, yeah. it's partly kind of just Maybe doing that, what's needed in the moment. Is that by other drummers, though? Because I think... Maybe, yeah. You know, I don't look down on him at all. I, I think what he did was spot on. Yeah. It was perfect for It was for right music. for what it was. Yeah. yeah. I know that's a cliche thing to say sometimes, but it was. Yeah. And well, he was doing it at a point when... He's doing stuff way back, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah. So I don't know, but mm. another influence, um, kind of, as I started to get into it more, I started to buy Rhythm Magazine, which others oh, yeah. have probably mentioned, and um, just kind of just to get to know the names of different drummers and who's who's rated, who isn't, um, and th- you know that that helped me to go and find bands as well. But there was one guy uh, I listened to, I think it was. It's something to do with Buddy Rich. I think it was his memorial concert. Um, and they all had like a load of guest drummers on there. And there was a bit with um, uh, Steve Gadd, yeah. Vinnie Colluta, and, and this guy, Dave Weckle. Dave Weckle. And the three of them together doing this kind of interplay. Wow. And it's such an amazing bit of footage. Um, actually, I, only, I had it on a cassette at the time. But um, yeah, just very quickly, I picked out Dave Weckle as just being just a real inspiration he's incredibly powerful but there's dynamics there as well yeah. you can play soft and suddenly really loud and just play like a million beats <laughs> a minute and you know when you're Effort- learning that's just effortlessly as well yeah just and he's playing um sort of traditional style as well isn't he so i remember looking at that thinking how's he doing that how's he putting so much power in with that grip yeah um so he he was a big influence not in terms of how i play because it's very like fusiony it's not really my music, but I definitely appreciated how he how he played. Um, and still, every now and again, I'll look up Check on YouTube out. just to yeah, s- watch a clip of, of him for a bit, and just you know, it humbles you. <laughs> Feel the fire. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. I, do, I know exactly that. My brother uh, turned me on to that as well, and because mm. uh, I remember, because I I love watching Steve Gadd. Yeah, I love it. We talked about him with Harry last the last guy we had on with Harry and. Just watching the way this guy is making the kit rock. Yeah. Literally, you know what I mean? And he's playing, like I was saying, Bossa Nova sort of beats. And it's just like, but the whole thing's like rocking and ebbing and flowing. It's incredible. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah I love all that sort of stuff. It's, it's fantastic. I kind of like geeked out on that for a bit. And then I, I couldn't really listen to a lot of that fusion stuff. I couldn't do that for very long. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, my main thing's probably kind of punk and rock and that kind of stuff. So, um, 
around that late teens kind of age. My brother was, I remember you, you talking about skate, skate music. Yeah. Uh, my brother was well into all of that. So he would feed me the occasional band and, uh, yeah, I loved anything along those lines. Anything that was a bit alternative because yeah. it felt like you were into something cool and different. And, uh, I definitely gravitated towards that stuff. Uh, and then, you know, someone does you a tape of Fugazi or whatever, and you're like, wow, what is this? It's yes, <laughs> the best, yeah. So different. Waiting Room is one of my all-time favourites. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's still such a great song. What a tune. And you know it still I mean? stands up now, Time, isn't it? Timeless is the yeah. phrase, isn't it? Yeah, that was yeah. the, the word. But, um, yeah. No. Amazing. So, um, so how, did, how did that progress into guitar then? What, what was that? So I think the guitar was just bubbling under the whole time. I just, it was sort of plateauing a bit, um, but it was something when I was told to stop playing the drums because it was too late, <laughs> I could just go on to my guitar. Were you, to- were you told or were you, were you told? I think there was, I think there was an agreed time. It was 20 past one. Yeah. <laughs> it's that classic joke, isn't it? Someone, someone's banging my door one in the morning. Luckily I was playing my drums so I could hear it. <laughs> yeah. So I think guitar was there as a backup. And then I think I went away to uni and couldn't take my drums, so had what a guitar. You, what did you study at uni? So I did um, product design, which was really about three-dimensional design at the time. Um, but there, there was a whole course of people that came away at the end of that and then went and found that there were, it was really hard to get a job in oh, product shit. design. Oh, right. <laughs> like, it's very difficult. But I got one friend who went to work for Dyson and, he, you know, he's, like, doing really well at Dyson designing for them. Shit, they've got, like, the most designed products ever. So yeah. he's done all right. So he's, like, <laughs> he's absolutely smashed it. But That's the rest awesome, of us yeah. sort of working recruitment and kind of <laughs> not, not that there's anything wrong with that. They're just kind of like not not quite design. Um but yeah, I, I kind of did end up going more of a graphic route and then websites. So that's what I do mm. now. Um so it's still designing stuff, but it's more digital. And that's how I met Rob, your brother. Oh yeah, of course. So, hey. oh, yeah. Um so yeah, I took my guitar away with me and, and tried to keep that going and managed to join a band at uni. Um, so um, that was called Humbug and we were we basically were together for just a couple of years while we were at uni and um, played at the fire station, which was really cool. In Bournemouth? Um, in Bournemouth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's where I was at uni. Um, and we did instrument swapping, so I was happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a three-piece and we kind of like just, were able oh, to rotate good. around. Um, so I was managed to, managed to keep the drumming going while I was away as well. Um, yeah, I've, I've just always wanted to be in bands and always wanted to keep that going. Um, and, you know, up to a certain point, it was all about originals, really. I never really thought about doing something like a tribute band that I'm doing now um, till much later. It was, it was, you know, when I was younger, it was all about trying to do my own thing, trying to record stuff. Um, I mean, you guys have probably done your fair share of recording studios. That's yeah. pretty pretty fun, and you feel like you feel a bit like you've arrived when you go and do <laughs> yeah, some recording. It's a nice, it is a nice so, feeling. Yeah. Now yeah. everyone records at home, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like uh, I wonder if that's a, another sign of the times. I wonder whether they're like when you were in your band back then, it was more there was more of a DIY aspect, and it was more people were writing their own music. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Maybe it's part of the gig culture changing as well, because it's definitely harder to get gigs these days. I think. Especially in venues all, and things. And yeah, that's you're always, in a tribute band. Yeah, well, that's it. Yeah, the covers bands seem to get more good gigs. Yeah. And fair play, because you're playing songs that people want to hear, people know, rather than, you know what I mean? And I, but like, yeah, I still, you know, there must be 
I love original music and I'm still attempting to write some, you know what I mean? Yeah. All that sort of stuff. And it's, it, it's, and it, it's a nice feeling when you get, when you produce something, I imagine, but yeah, you know, it's, um, it's satisfying it's to get something recorded and then actually get it out there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Get some feedback and all that sort of stuff. And lovely feeling. Yeah. But the tribute, the tribute bands, I, like, I, I hear there's festivals. Yeah. For, you guys have probably played them, to yeah, be yeah. honest. Yeah, have you? Like there's a whole little world, form. isn't there? There's a whole yeah. world I've kind of discovered <laughs> uh, that I wasn't aware of. <laughs> and yeah, the crowd really do suspend their belief at the gate as well. Oh, that's brilliant, though. Yeah, I mean, as I've, it should be. I mean, I've signed um, like CDs of the bands retributing, and I've you know all this kind oh, of wow. stuff. Like, wow. I'm, I'm just a bloke for Southampton, you know. But people, people come watch you and actually believe they're watching the people. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Well, my my first experience of it was the Australian Doors. Okay. I came over from Australia to, and I, I think they played Exeter. Yeah. And I, I was like, we can't, you know, we've got to go. We loved the Doors at the time, you know what I mean? It was probably around a similar era, 92, 93, whatever. And they came yeah. over and the singer looked a little bit like, he actually looked a bit more like the In Excess singer. What's his name? Hutchins. Hutchins. Mm. And um, he said to us, he sort of asked us, he goes, oh, how, um, he goes, oh, how, how Jim do you want me to be? <laughs> and we said, mate, he's dead. Go all in. I said, I don't want to see your penis, <laughs> but go all in. You know what I mean? And, uh, and he was laughing and he, he's like, yeah. And he did, he went all in. He did the, the band jammed out and he did the spiraling poems and the drunken fall. And he was bloody awesome. Really? Yeah. It was amazing. It was like one of the best shows I'd seen up until that point. Bearing in mind that time I didn't drink, didn't do anything. So all my money was on seeing shows and they were awesome, the Australian Doors. And I was like, this is cool. I didn't even know this existed. Yeah. And then I yeah. found out about the Pink Floyd tribute who've got a similar lighting rig. And- oh, the Australian Pink Floyd, they're amazing. Yeah, it's they're incredible. Amazing. Yeah. But um, so that was my first sort of... Yeah, I saw one recently. Um, they're called Brain of Jay. And their Pearl Jam. Pain and of, I was, okay, was saying Jam, yes. earlier that all the Pearl Jam bands have had to change their names. They were threatened with legal action. Yeah, that's mad. Um, during, well, Dan, that was, you were saying it was during COVID. During, during COVID. Just to add and not, No one's working. To no, none of the bands are working. <laughs> they all got a cease and desist letter and they had to that. change their names. So they've got weird names like Brain of Jay, which is, I think, is a, which is a, a song. Brain, yeah, one of their songs, yeah. Um, or they have to call themselves like, we're definitely not Pearl Jam. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But... Um, yeah, they were brilliant. And it was more for me, it was about like it, what it evoked in me. It took me right back to being, I don't know, 18, 19 and hearing all those songs and, oh, yeah. in, and playing them in my car and yeah. just loving it. Uh, I never never saw Pearl Jam live, <clears throat> but... Um, I threw uh, ginger nuts at Eddie Vedder. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> did you hear No. I didn't, I didn't throw them like... Dare I ask, malicious- how, how close did you get your nuts to, to Eddie Vedder? <laughs> <laughs> didn't throw them maliciously at him. <laughs> what? I read an interview. <laughs> I read an interview before I went to see him at Brixton Academy and um, years ago, paying 14 quid to see Pearl Jam at oh, Brixton wow. Academy. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Lucky youth sort of thing there. But, and we, we he, you know, and I think the interview, what do you like about England? And he went, ginger nuts. <laughs> Like, all right. So, so young Carl thought, I know exactly what I'm going to do. Yeah. <laughs> he bloody loved this. Yeah. <laughs> so we so snuck some in in my boot and I threw a packet on stage. And, um, and then, uh, and then the, the security ran on stage like, oh shit, it's a bomb. And then there was this moment where he sort of picked him up, looked at him and went, huh? <laughs> looked at the audience like, what the fuck, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> but like Eddie Vedder was like, oh yeah, they're mine. <laughs> it feel good to have like, reached out to well, him in some connected, way. Yeah, I? connected. Through ginger nuts. <laughs> <laughs> You'll take it. No, but <laughs> carry on. Sorry, I keep 
butting in with <laughs> shit stories. <laughs> so, so hum- Humbug was original music, was it? That was all originals. Yeah. My, my band, when I was sort of growing up and cutting my teeth, was foreplay. I, li- I like a play on words, so foreplay. There's four of us, four of us. and we played. Yeah. And that was like, you know, I learned a lot through doing that. And we did our sort of first studio sessions and, you know, you learn so much from, from all of that, all those processes. And then Humbug was at, was at university. Um, and uh, we, we did all of our own stuff and they even let me do some of my stuff, which is quite nice. Oh, cool. Hey. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was really just to keep us all playing whilst we're at uni. And then obviously after uni, the three of us all went separate ways, uh, unfortunately. So we kind of all went back home and uh, or off to work somewhere. And actually the singer went off and worked for Kerrang! magazine, which isn't a bad job. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I think so. He was often getting free tickets for stuff, which is quite nice. <laughs> um, yeah, I went and saw Green Day with him. I think it was in um, somewhere in London. can't remember now. Um, what when Green Day were cool? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and they got, um, I remember they got someone out of the audience, which I didn't realise, I think they often do. Yeah, to take it play, which yeah. again is one of those, I think there's a thing around like punk music where it's like anything goes. So like instrument swaps are cool and why not just get someone out of the audience to play the next song? <laughs> I, like, I like that kind of thing with, with that you get with punk. Um, it's just like, yeah, why not? Um, and yeah, it, it, that definitely stuck with me that, I felt like it was staged, but then I found out later that it's not. They, it's not, they, no, did, yeah, they do yeah. this. Yeah. Um, I think he often gives, I think he often gives them the guitar as well. I know it's, not does, one of, yeah. it's probably not one of his main ones, but yeah. He yeah, it's an epiphone. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah, yeah. That's nice, quite, quite nice, nice touch. Yeah. We saw, we saw yeah. it at Hyde Park and um, he said, right, I need someone who knows the guitar parts of this song. <laughs> and this Hyde Park, it's like BST Hyde Park's 100,000 people or something. Um <laughs> And this poor girl gets up. So like, yeah, I can do it. I can do it. Never touched a guitar in her oh, life. So oh, he ended, up, he ended up being Billy Joe giving her a guitar lesson, basically. <laughs> oh, and, he's, no. he's like, and then he just gave us said, I'm not doing this. Get back in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's gone wrong. It's gone wrong. I think I saw Primus and he did a similar thing with Tommy the Cat, which is All like right. one of their really complicated bass lines. Yeah. Slappy slap. And he was in Australia and there's loads of kids in the audience. Guy's like, yeah, I can do it. And he's like, really? Can you really do it? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got up there, just pissed around on his bass for a little while, and he did the same thing. Just said, "Get off my stage." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, of course, that's what Dave Grohl does a lot. As he well, does, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I've forgotten yeah. that. Yeah, um, and there's been some amazing clips. He's he's quite good at picking out a thing that will, you know, get get noticed or go viral or however you want to put it. Mm. He's quite good at those moments that um, falling off the stage get noticed. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's great at that. <laughs> at least I haven't done that yet. Um, <laughs> but with the with with Green Day, I remember being quite into them, and someone saying, "If you like this, you should listen to the Descendants." Oh, yes, like, all right, okay. Uh, and I and I think they did me a tape. Have you seen the recent documentary? Uh, the filmage is it filmage? Was um, it another one? Is it, I think I'm not. Yeah, is it that one? I don't know what it's called to be honest, but it's especially Dave Grohl's in it. Yes, yeah, I've so seen that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, brilliant. What a band. And yeah. they were they massively influential on me, I think. Pop, punk all the way. Yeah, and I saw them Creators. swap instruments and be just as good. They did a couple of like Black Flag Black Flag songs in the swapped kind of lineup. Yeah. Um amazing. And their drummer is just uh again, kind of not technically he's not Dave Weckle, but he's like just so quick. And yeah. it's like machine gun snare and like really fast double time beats um foot's going crazy yeah. and he is 
huge. So it's, <laughs> it's even more impressive that he's massive and can still play. I love their, um, it was a whole thing of how they were like, they were just on coffee. <laughs> mm. Like just, they love that feeling of six, eight cups, 10 cups of coffee. God, like, bam, yeah. just ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That's, I'd, I'd that really need a wee if I drank eight, 10 cups of coffee. Oh man, I used to. <laughs> I used to, not anymore, Jesus. But yeah, it's like, you know what I mean? But it's great. It's a great thing. Yeah. Uh, they were a big, big influence. Cause, uh, I mean, that's another one where you can kind of get lost in all the different albums and they've had like various lineups. They've got a sort of offshoot band, which offshoot is basically band. the same band with a different singer. Yeah, and and that's quite cool as well. Yeah. And yeah. So uh, another one you can kind of go off and discover all about. That was the beauty of that era though, was it was discovery. Yeah. It's, it was for me, like I bought mother's milk by the chili peppers on vinyl and I took it home. And I was like, this is amazing. Cause I'd heard higher ground and, and all that sort of stuff. I'm covering that. And, in the first track, Good Time Boys, they mentioned Thelonious Monster. So I'm like, right, let's go out and find them. They mentioned Fishbone. I'm like, I'll go out and buy all that. You know what yeah. I mean? Because it was like, if these guys are mentioning them, you know, Mike Watt, who was the right. bass player for Firehose and the Minutemen and all that. And I was just like, that was it. It wasn't, in nowadays, you, you know, Google, it's there, it's bang, you know. You yeah. even Spotify. And you know, it'll Spotify say people radio. also liked... Yeah. Yeah. You know, people obviously, yeah. And it's a lot like of the hard work's kind of done for you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But back in the day, it was exciting finding shit. You know, it was, yeah. it was good. But well, I'm kind of pleased that every now and again, I've got two teenage daughters. Um, and every now and again, one of them will say, Oh, I found this the other day. That's cool. Yeah. And I think, Oh, good. That is still happening. That is cool. Um, My brother says the same thing. He, he's got a 10 year old boy. And yeah. It's a nice because says, I think it's maybe human nature just to go off and find this stuff and, and get the buzz from yeah. finding it yourself and thinking, I wonder if anyone else, you know, as, as, is into this or yeah. has heard of this. And then meeting other people that are into that little niche is always quite a it. buzz, isn't it? Um, and then hoping everyone doesn't get into it so it can still be yours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then if it ever gets big, you're a little bit disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like these guys way back. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's good. So you um, emailed me lots of um, MP3s, Jim, which is yeah, great. because some of this that. stuff's so old that it's not online. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've got a track by Humbug here. Oh yeah, um, so and this four, is another floor, four play well, song. If you go four play first, that's the older one. Okay, so that's me eighteen on drums and us trying to be like oh, wow. the Descendants. <laughs> yes, this is going to be good. Um, all right, so I have let's got this. What have I got? Hold on. Cold from 1994. Yeah, you'll, only, you'll only need about 20 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we stick it on? I'm intrigued. Yeah, stick it on, stick it on. All right, okay. Going back here with a bing. 
Mate, every time I have to react. But that's cool. That was, you've been listening to (laughs) Cold by Foreplay. But... And is, that's catchy as hell again. That's what we're talking about. That, you know, sort of three chords. chords. Yeah, smash out, good lyrical. That's catchy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like, you, have you ever thought of like reproducing that nowadays with the, finding those? What a project that would be. Would that be a possibility? Getting those people back be. together. So the, so the guy singing there, Ben, he, he was kind of like the talented one. Uh, he could play everything, he, he could play saxophone. And he went off and, and, um, I think when we all went into uni, he went off and did kind of music as a thing. He was a sax player and he ended up touring with uh, and working with Bonobo, the kind oh, yeah. of oh, amazing. dance yeah. act. So wow. he's, I don't know if he's still with Bonobo, but he kind of left us for dust. And Damn. so we, we, we became three play. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we carried on. I'm still in touch with three play, but uh, we might struggle to get Ben, but uh, be, that'd be amazing to, as a project. What a cool thing to get do that, that back in the room. Yeah, I mean, that'd be amazing. Be great. Yeah. Re-record those songs now. Now that you're financially stable, yeah. <laughs> compared to we'd when be a lot a less angry though, wouldn't we? we all yeah. the anger would be gone. We'd yeah. have to do like an acoustic version. Let's see, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and sing about mortgages. Three play unplugged. <laughs> <laughs> mortgages think and about children. The, the hike in interest rates That's and how it. angry we are. Yeah, <laughs> but, but then again, like you know, I've just written a song. My mum talking about the current state of affairs of finances and heating and blah, 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 and all this sort of stuff. And she told me the other day, um, she goes, you know what, your dad, because my dad's just had a bit of cancer, sadly. Oh. He's all good now, luckily. Oh, good. Um, and But he's lost his taste. Right, okay. But tic-tacs hit the spot, apparently. <laughs> my mum's like, I'll tell you what's wrong with the world nowadays. <laughs> Tuesday, packet of tic-tacs, £1.30. Wednesday, £1.65. <laughs> That. It's, that's a lot there, isn't it? That's quite a massive hike. I bet she's furious. Like, if that's what's happening to, to, yeah, but she made sense. If that's what's happening to Tic Tacs, you know what I mean? They're doing it with the rest of the stuff as well. Polos. Yeah. Polos, God, who are they? <laughs> I was thinking like, you know, interest rates and all oh, that okay, sort of stuff. Yeah, I'll stay with me. <laughs> so has this made its way into some of your songs? That, yeah, the, that's the sort of shit I like to sing The price of Tic Tacs, yeah. Price of Tic Tacs. I'm wondering if The Undertaker from the WWF can do kickflips. That's the sort of stuff that fills my mind. <laughs> you sure you still want to play drums in my band? <laughs> yeah, why not? Yeah. <laughs> but that's cool. I yeah. like that sort of stuff. Angry eighteen-year-olds, yeah, good messing about. Yeah. It's great, great days. No, it's brilliant. Like I say, you're cutting your teeth. You're kind of learning how yeah. it all works, and but and, still yeah. writing some catchy. Believe it or not, we paid for that recording in a recording studio. <laughs> We totally got ripped off, which is another part of being young and naive. And they said, oh, you can come and do like a seven hour session. And everywhere else we've been, we're quoting ridiculous amounts. And they said, well, here you come in, we do like an overnight session. So it's, and it's cheaper because it's the off peak rate. And we're like, right. Okay. And it turns out overnight you get, it's not even an engineer. I don't know who the guy was. (laughs) You heard the result. Um, I think we recorded about five songs in seven hours and just absolutely blissed. Well, just everything, everything mic'd up. Everything done, done in seven hours. Yeah. Smashing. Yeah. Didn't didn't mess about. That can bring its own thing though. You know what I mean? That can bring its own. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Natural flavour. Yeah. I reckon um, you should send those emails. Get those two other chaps again. <laughs> you do the singing this time around. Smash in. That'd be a cool project. Uh, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. Which band would you bring back from your history? If oh you could... man. Well, do you know oh. what? To be honest, it would still be 
Caroline's, even though we're technically still Ding. a band. Ding, there it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> that took a while to come up. <laughs> Thanks for the prompt. <laughs> no, honestly, I, t- I still think, every, you know, we're all really busy chaps and all that sort of stuff, and especially Robbie and all that. I'm going to ask you about Robbie. This is going to be a good segue, actually. With Caroline's, me and Aidan just started jamming. Just, just a quick insight. He's going to be listening to this. Robbie. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's cool. I know that this is why. I'm just checking. We, we never. <laughs> oh I, don't God, know. I don't know how it happened, how you got him in your band. But with our band, me and Aiden were in the, Aiden's front room. He's on the piano there. I'm on the bass and we're playing along. And then, like, I've, we've done it about five or six times, I think. And then one day, Robbie just walks in with a bass drum. <laughs> yeah, I, don't remember, I don't remember this. Do you remember that? Yeah. He walks in with a bass drum and we're like, hello, what's going on here? And then he walks in with snare and hats and. Sits down and joins in. But each, each week there's an extra five hundred job kicks. Again, it's the Saturday job. He's gradually yeah, paying for it. It. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, we were a band, and we had songs, and you know what I mean. Even though we only had like five songs, we were still doing four-hour sets. But yeah. how, how did you get him? That's, in? That is weird because that's exactly how he joined my band. <laughs> he just <laughs> he just turned up. In that's what he does. That is freaky. With a tom tom. <laughs> no, it, it's a, unfortunately it's quite boring. I used to sit next to him at work. Oh yeah, and just, uh, just said, oh, I don't know how it came up, but he mentioned he played drums or whatever, and I was like, ah, oh, okay, interesting. And we got, you know, then we'd go for our lunchtime walks at, at, uh, at Vodafone. I don't know if I'm allowed to mention. Yeah. Where we work, uh, <laughs> yeah, we were what? Vodafone. We go for a lunchtime walk and like all, all of you, or just air. you and Robbie, just me and Rob. Okay, just, <laughs> two hundred <laughs> employees walking together as a mob. <laughs> it's, it's in the contract you had to, had to walk. <laughs> do the walk. But uh, it's got it's, it's an interesting place. It's got like a, it's almost like a uni campus, and all the way around the edge is this kind of lovely woodland walk oh, that me go. and Robbie oh, cool. would take. Okay, and talk about stuff. And then I think my drummer wanted to leave and the timing was just really really good so you were underway as as roller coaster yeah yes yeah. oh, so right. the previous drummer andy he kind of was there from the very beginning and helped me kind of get it all going um i had decided we've kind of we kind of skipped the strings so we'll have to come back to the strings mm, but, yeah no um, I'll do it all yeah because this is something i've missed yeah yeah so um i basically decided i wanted to start this band and i thought this time I'm going to try something. I'm going to try not just being a band with mates. I'm going to actually advertise. And I thought, that'd be really cool. And then you can like audition people. Yeah. I didn't think it through because no one wants to join a band that doesn't exist. Because <laughs> they're like, well, what do you sound like? And you're like, um, can you send me files? It doesn't actually exist. <laughs> but can you join? <laughs> it's a new endeavor. So, luckily, Andy, uh, kind of, I, 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 had, I did record a demo where I did all the tracks and, and just did Everlong and tried to sound a bit like the Foo Fighters, but it wasn't great. But it was good enough to kind of trap Andy, clearly. Yes. He, he came and met me, and it was really awkward because we met sort of a midpoint, which happened to be Basingstoke. We met in Giraffe, which I I knew from years ago when I used to work near there. And uh, I thought, I'm sure it'll be fine. We'll just go for a drink and, and see what, where he's at and where I'm at. Got there, and it was like, I don't know what was going on, some kind of singles night or something, but every table... <laughs> Had like it was just a table, two chairs, and a candle in the mid- candle lit like table in the middle. No one in there, 
And I was like, oh, God. So, <laughs> so I grabbed, grabbed at, the chair. Looked at your iPhone, it was February 14th. Yeah, <laughs> like, almost exactly that. And I sat there looking at the door thinking, he's going to take one look and run a mile. <laughs> I, I met this guy on the internet. He's brought me here. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously, yeah, I'd, obviously I'd done the advertising thing through band mix and join my band and all these things. And managed oh, to get chatting to him. And he turned up and he was like, what is, what is going on here? <laughs> And luckily, luckily he stayed and, uh, and, I, and then sort of had to explain that, look, I don't actually have a band yet, but you know, if you'll help me, we just need a bass player like to start with, and then maybe we'll get lead guitarist once we're going yeah. and just, and just got it going from there. And, and there's been a few lineup changes, but, um, it's, it's really been, been great. And the, when Andy, I think, I think Andy just kind of was, he was in about three or four different bands. And I think maybe this one was a lower priority. Um, which is fine. I mean, he'd, he'd been in it for several years yeah, and, and yeah. got it got it going with me. And there's, uh, out of all the people that have been and gone, I think I'm still, you know, th- there's no bad feeling with anyone. I think there just no, comes no. a point sometimes where someone yeah. wants to move on and that's yeah, fine. Yeah, that's exactly fine. Yeah, that's, um, I understand that. This is it. Uh, but the auditioning process is always, is always interesting. <laughs> did did you audition fun. Rob? We did it because... Amazing. Um, yeah, and <laughs> that was really interesting because... <laughs> I can't remember. If, I think I may have. I think he sent me some video of the wedding band. Oh, six million like, fish. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, I okay. saw that. And I was like, oh, okay, he can clearly play really well. Why, and why didn't he send any Carolites? Oh, sorry, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, see, you're too good looking, Carl. That's why. You <laughs> <laughs> would be watching Rob. Um, he has got the best shirts. <laughs> he really has. He's got, got the quite best a shirt shirts. collection. He has hasn't a shirt he? collection. Um, but I could tell he could clearly play, and then it was just like. I didn't want to just get in the guy from work because that the whole ethic was I wasn't just going to get in friends. Yeah. So I was like, I'm really sorry. Do you mind actually auditioning? <laughs> do you mind if we actually advertise? And he was kind of in a bit of a, he was unsure if he wanted to join full time because I think he'd come out of the band where, I think that was taking over a lot of his time, wasn't mm-hmm. it? The, the wedding band. Oh and, yeah, we were doing 30 gigs a year. Yeah, point. I mean, it was, it was, it sounded pretty full on. So I think he was quite keen that it, this was quite casual. Um, and we did actually audition a few other people and Rob's just like, clearly technically amazing <laughs> it yeah. was uh it was it was worth doing just to make sure that he was right the right fit but also he's such a great nice guy and he's you know, easy going so it's yeah part of the audition is not just see if someone can play it's whether they are going to fit in with you mm-hmm. um yeah matt's a really good example so you've met matt a few times yeah. where you've played with us and he's he's great fun he's a good character and um we auditioned a few guitarists when he joined and they were all they were great guitarists, great soloists and stuff. But he he um, was quite quite co- quite cocky and kind of like he came in. He had, had a bit of a bit of banter, about swagger. Him. Yeah, and when he'd gone, I think the others that were helping with the audition just said, "Yeah, I think I think we like Matt. He's just got something about him." Yeah, and I was like, "Yeah, I know what you mean. I think you know he wins based on that, really." That's it. That's it. Um, and it's worked out really well because, yeah. yeah. No, he's, he's a great guy. He's good fun. He's got the best sarky sense of humour going, hasn't he? He's yeah. great. He can, uh, he can take it as well. Though, so. Oh, he's brilliant. Yeah, he's, he's, good. he's a good band, man. He's a good band. And that's, if, if you need any material, like, I can hook you up. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of photos in the collection. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. But that's a massive part of it, isn't it? You need to be able to get on with the band. And- I think you're right. I say, I, like it just reminds me of um, I was in uh, Barefoot Sundays in Australia. Lovely guys, amazing guys, and this sounds terribly arrogant, but sometimes you um, sacrifice quality 
for um, enthusiasm and, you know, just the bond. You know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and then the quality is irrelevant. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's irrelevant because it just works. You know what I mean? It's, uh, it's a lovely thing. Yeah. Well, well I do. The, the <laughs> that's, that's what they say. It's two hours on stage and 22 hours on the bus. That's it. <laughs> that's a, yeah, classic quote. Yeah. Mm. This is it. It's the same with um, Chili's with Chad Smith. Apparently he came in, smashed the drum kit up and, you know, beat the hell out of it. And they were just like, oh my God, he's such a large character. We cannot have that guy and we can't not have him in the band. But they asked him to, to chop off the mullet. Did and, they? And he refused. He said, no, I'm not doing it. And then they came back and said, actually, we respect you even more now you said that. Yeah. <laughs> and then they probably said, can you, we see your penis? Because <laughs> yeah. they were strange like that, weren't they, back then? <laughs> they, were a bit, they were a bit odd. <laughs> anyway, good band. So let's rewind a bit then. Where, where yes. do the strings... Um, pop up, on, pop up in the Yeah, summer. so after uni um, in Bournemouth, um, I met my first wife and we settled in Southampton. And um, I, th- I was kind of lacking music. I wasn't really in bands for a little while. Occasionally I'd go back to London, meet up with Three Play and we'd jam mm-hmm. on my brother. My brother had a band, uh, The State of the Art, um, just, and I was on bass for that one. Um, and our friend Dr. Chris on drums. Dr. Chris. He's a real doctor. Oh, brilliant. So always quite handy to have around. Um, <laughs> we, actually, we've got some state-of-the-art. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, no, look, come on. Oh, no. <laughs> this is, uh, this is my, brother, my brother on vocals. Well, how do you say that? Fo- fo- oh, phonite. Phonite. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's a false night. Okay, false night stand. go another Carl story when I was a kid <laughs> I really blessed stuff that you already know I, I love skateboarding I love skateboarding videos that would have been on one of those videos that yeah track. That sort of, you know I what I mean and we that, were at the time we were quite into a band called Consumed do you know okay. that it's kind of like UK punk All right. of the time sort of skate punk but they sing with that Cockney accent yeah. thing which I've always liked because you know there's so much music that is you know you sing with American accent yeah. Every now and again, you hear something like that, and you think that that sounds a bit more like me. I like that. <laughs> um, it can sound a bit like I love snuff, uh, yeah, right. and that almost it's on the side of comedy. It's almost like listening to the theme to Only Fools and Horses or something. <laughs> but then they they don't take themselves seriously. They're they're having a laugh with That's it. it. Um, well, like even the Arctic Monkeys do. You know, it's a modern day version, I suppose, isn't it? You know, like that. It's it's a familiar accent, yeah, as well. Um, so yeah, that's that's me and my brother. Um, I've forgotten where, where we got to, but is uh, that is that the, was that your first 
touch of the microphone? Uh, no, I used to do backing vocals in oh, foreplay okay. Okay. And, um, and humbug. Actually, no, not humbug. But yeah, generally I've tried to have a microphone in front of yeah. me. You never um, had the fear. Well, the, at the, that point, I suppose that's the first time I've gone up front with the mic playing bass. And previously I had one on, on the drums, which is always a challenge because you're picking up some of the drums on your mic. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was, it was you know, a taste of the front of the stage, I suppose. <laughs> and so, so then you're starting to, I was starting to kind of want to front a band or be part of the front of the band. Um, and, uh, you know, do the do the Dave Grohl thing or, yeah, or the yeah, Phil Collins yeah. thing? Is that quite <laughs> a big for drummers? Is that quite a big moment? Like, do you, do you, keep, do you so get quite different. used to being at the back and then actually yeah. like in the audience's faces? It's really you get really comfortable back there, and you can see everything, and and you're kind of just chilled and kind of like just watching it all happen. And then suddenly, when you stand at the front and the audience, the first thing in front of you is the audience. That is quite intimidating the first time you do it, and when you or the first few times. There's no one to hide behind. It's just you mm. and them. And that's like step one, because then, you know, further on, there's the steps of actually entertaining people and trying to get them involved and trying to um, say stuff that's interesting. It's the in-between that, the songs can be... In-between songs. Traumatic. I, I really, I do, I struggle sometimes to, to say stuff. And, uh, <laughs> and I have massive admiration for someone who stands up there and just naturally does it and just, you know, reels off things and banters. Yeah. And Ben Duglikeski's brilliant at it, um, <laughs> I think. Do Maybe you, you don't agree. <laughs> <laughs> he's good at just saying stuff and it, and it kind of you like, Yeah, he's very good at just saying stuff. Think, is it partly not giving a toss? It, yeah, Ben's case. Mm. It's, it's just, there's no filter. That's what yes. it is. No filter, yeah. and he, he's naturally a funny guy. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. He's, he's got the kind yeah. of, I hope he doesn't listen to this, but he's got the charisma and the character about him. Uh, but the but the addition of no filter means it just, it just transmits. Yeah, it's whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is it. And, uh, and that's moving on to the strings. I kind of like around about 2005, um, I, I joined a band called The Strings. They were looking for a drummer, just some people I knew through football. Um, and uh, Ruben, the, the songwriter, he wrote all the songs and kind of, uh, and you know, played guitar and sang. It was a three piece. Right. But the main piece of feedback we always had was it was a massive sound. So yeah. Frank on the bass always had it. I don't know how he did it, but the tone was huge and the guitar sounded massive. Um, and we needed to really to, to fill it, three fill it piece. up with the three yeah. of us. So I was always trying to go for like a John Bonham's sort of sound, like Boom. big, big drums. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was kind of like indie music. So it was an interesting mix of stuff. Um, and we managed to get a little following together in Southampton and play around all the, the venues around Southampton. We did a couple in London. I was um, I was looking at this and this is a band I've completely missed. Because you were and away. I, and I think this was, must have been the era I was away in, in Australia. I was obviously for 12 years. So you must have done all this. But, it was around that but time. But I was yeah. looking at, you brought up a list of all the stuff you did for a long, long, long while there and all the same venues, all, you know yeah. what I mean? And I'm like, how can I have not seen this? Back? It's Maybe. the scene. Yeah. It's like, it's like a trip down memory lane. This. It's yeah. great. And um, um, Hamptons. Hamptons. The Joiners, ah. Talking Heads, yeah. The Brook. Was yeah. there a place called Nexus, or did I imagine? Nexus, Nexus. Yeah. oh yeah. yeah. We we played, to... Did we play, no, you played Nexus. I, I saw played you, the I Nexus saw, I saw you times, Skindred yeah, there. Yeah. Oh yeah, we supported Skindred yeah. there. That was awesome, yeah. yeah. Amazing. It's kind of like a little circuit, and, and it had a really great, to have that many just in the in one city is pretty impressive. Yeah, and it's really. mad that you could, you could nip between them almost. Yeah. yeah. 
Don't do them too closely together because obviously <laughs> you don't get a crowd, but you could nip between them, you know what I mean, and, and still pull well, people in. you could go in. on a Saturday yeah. night and go to three or four different venues and see a different band. That's it. That's but, it. But not anymore, I don't think. Yeah. It's such a shame, really. Well, like one night, I remember one particular night we were playing, we were supporting um, the New York band, oh, what are they bloody called? Dub Trio. All right. Okay. I bloody, I was like, oh, loving. And at the same time that I stayed there and a lot of people left the show because Juliet Lewis and the Licks were playing down the talking head. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Really? So, yeah. She's so, like a film star. <laughs> yeah, it was mad. And I was like, but I was like, nah, I'm staying with Dub Trio. I've got to see them. They're one of my favourite bands at the time, you know. And But a lot of people left to go and see Juliet and um, it was mad. And then awesome. I had a chat with the drummer and I felt really bad because I said, mate, how's the tour going? And he goes, and he busted tears. I miss my wife and cat. Man. <laughs> this cat. dude, this dude's from Brooklyn, New York. He looks hard as nails. You know what I mean? But he was like, I really miss my wife. I want the tour to be over. I'm like, I'm like oh, mate, I'll give you a hug. I don't know what to do. <laughs> but um, they were amazing. But that was Hamptons. I'm sure. Yeah. No. Yeah, it was. It was. It was do, do you remember scene. Hamptons? Was it the one with the glass window right behind right. you? Yeah, 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 it was, yeah. Mad. Oh. There's some quite famous footage of Adele playing in there. Yeah, good days. Yeah. Good days. Yeah, it was a good scene. And it always felt like you'd get a crowd to come down, uh, especially somewhere like the Joiners. It always felt like there was yeah, a, a good regular buzz. good buzz, regular crowd. We played um, probably my best gig there with the, well, with the strings and probably my best gig is um, we got offered to support Reef, um, wow. but they were under a different name because they were, I think a couple oh. of them had left and they were trying out some new stuff. Okay. Oh, yeah, it was gold something. Uh, I think they were called Them Is Me or something okay. weird. This Is Me or something weird like that. Um, but it was the guy from Reef and the bass player from Reef. As far as I was concerned, we yeah. supported Reef. <laughs> <laughs> it was the, the, in the, the joiners, which is tiny. Yeah. And it was absolutely rammed. And I can't pretend anyone came down to see the strings because it was absolutely <laughs> packed. But we had a really good good night. I think we played well. And uh, yeah, so I was, I was just really, really chuffed. It kind of, it's one of those sort of highlights that you kind of uh, yeah, put in the remember, highlight reel. Remember forever, yeah, it's yeah. great. Yeah, it's good. It's nice feeling. And I bumped into the singer in the car park, which is another like great memory because I thought I was late um, for sound check. And then he, he was, um, they should have already sound checked. So like he was kind of just getting some stuff out of his car and it was a really beaten up old car. And you think, <laughs> I thought you were, Famous. <laughs> and uh, he was like, all right, mate. All right. <laughs> you know, he's kind oh, yeah. of very... He's got that West Country. You're yeah. There, like, yeah. He's, got, he's got a campsite on his arm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, oh, I'm glad you're late. You're running late because I thought I was late. And he was like, oh, yeah. And uh, I said, I really like... I had a quick listen to your new stuff. It's really cool. And he went, yeah, it's all right. He goes, it's either this or go work in Tesco's. <laughs> <laughs> we um, saw Reef supporting a Belgian band called Deus at the Wedgwood Rooms. And Reef came on, they did five songs, blew the roof off the place and walked out. Yeah. And everyone, no one knew they were. And we were all like, <laughs> who the f- I bet, I bet f- hearing his voice that? for the first time live. It was it's quite mad. Oh, yeah. a voice. Great yeah. voice. Yeah. But, you know, oh, what? And it was just like, and it was in the days when they were like, you know, proper surfies and... And so this is before the sound is massive, it was before oh it was before the first album okay it was yeah. it was pre first album and we were we didn't no one knew who they were because they were just a support act but yeah. we we everyone was talking about them Deus came out and did an amazing show don't get me wrong but everyone was like who the fuck were those guys they were incredible and then yeah. they went on to big things yeah. I mean? the sound is huge yeah brilliant yeah. really good really good times 
So we, we've actually shared the stage a few times, haven't we? By the yeah, I, ha- I hadn't realised how many times we'd played with with Deluca Keski, and then obviously only recently found out you played bass with them. So. Yes, right. <laughs> still have. Had a gig with them the other night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> still plodding along. Small world. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Um, and like I said, just looking back through this list is just bringing back bringing back all the memories. Uh, 20, so like the like the earliest one on the list is 2004. So 19 years ago, nearly 20 years ago. Oh God! All the way through to 2011. <laughs> oh, you trying to make me cry? <laughs> so we're all of an age. Well, I think Aiden's a bit younger than us. But <laughs> well, we we played we played on the same stage in 2005 at the Joiners, supporting Tom Hingley from the Spiral Carpets. Oh yes, yeah. Um, and then we played with Tom Hingley again a little bit later. Which didn't end so well, did it? Yeah, well, apparently. Well, I think, I, think ben, I think Ben might have spoken about this. That he's was it a mandolin or something? A mandolin got broken on on stage. He wasn't very happy about. But um, yeah, because I think it had a stage invader. Is that right or something? And oh, then he yes. came up and then he put yeah. his foot through an instrument and then that should be a some... computer game, stage invader. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That'd be a great. I hate those people. I remember buying a new piece of kit, like a new pedal board, like a, a Digitech RP2000 or whatever with multi-effects thing, awesome bit of kit, 400 quid, put it down on the floor, sound checked with it, first song, I think this is over in Guernsey, first song, Stage Invader, <laughs> a whole pint of beer oh, over it. Oh, it's the worst. No. Oh, it's just it's like, like sugar, isn't it? It's awful. I get nervous when they're just a little bit too close <laughs> yeah. to, the, to the pedal racks and stuff like, at the front. Yeah, yeah. Oh, just back off a little bit. <laughs> There's only a thousand pounds on the floor. Please, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? The, oh, the well. Pints are sort of swilling left and right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, how long were you in the strings for? So it was 2005 to 2012. Okay, um, okay. Yeah. But I was kind of towards the end of that I was sort of thinking about this idea of a tribute band and that's when I started to google Foo Fighters tribute and I found I think there were three just in Hampshire <laughs> and I was like okay need to think of something else um, did you think were you thinking because at this point you were still on the tins yeah still on drums were you thinking you were going to put something together and be on the drums I think or... early days I would have done anything oh okay I, I think okay, I could sure. have I could have done the drums um, but really I think I wanted to like you were saying earlier about wanting to push yourself and try something, oh, push yourself it. out of your comfort, comfort zone. zone. Just there was a bit of that and, and just sort of, can I do this? And there was a bit of a challenge around just putting the band together and, and kind of advertising when I had nothing to, you know, entice people in. There was no <laughs> reason for someone to join this band. It was just an idea. Um, but I've been lucky to meet some, some good people who got the idea uh, and, uh, and and went with it. Um, we managed to get gigging quite quickly and get up and running quite quickly. So, um, Did you find that to be a, a, an easier process because you're doing covers rather than originals? It was like, here's the CD, yeah. learn this, we'll meet you next week rather than let's yeah. develop the parts. And, and, yeah, exactly. And I think if, you, if you're asking someone to join, they know, what you're, they know what they're joining. You know, you can send them a playlist and yeah, that's it. they know exactly mm-hmm. what you're going to be playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've just got the challenges of sort of finding gigs. Um, the, the sort of rock venues are quite hard to find. <laughs> You know that do this kind of this kind of music, and I think we're a bit too big and loud for a pub. We've kind of not yeah. really done pubs. Um, just, I think it's just you don't want to be screaming Kurt Cobain songs into someone's <laughs> face when they're trying to have a <laughs> pie and chips. <laughs> right, right, I'm writing that out. <laughs> you yelling, "Rape me in the corner!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so there's been challenges around that, and then I think. We've kind of settled into quite a nice area where there's like festivals 
then there's like a million of these festivals now, aren't there? Yeah. Especially through the summer where they, they have bands on all day and the beer tent and families can go and entertain themselves for the day. Um, there's a little area around there where we're quite, quite settled, I think, because um, we can play big, loud songs. And if someone doesn't like it, they can move to the back. Well, or, that's it, yeah. We'll go and get a burger. So yeah. it, it works. They're there for a reason anyway. So they're, hopefully they're there for music. Yeah. So, you know, do, do you yeah. think that the, the downturn in venues, venue gigs has been matched by the upturn in festival gigs? Do you think it's kind of people want to see music? It's just that that's where it happens to be more. Yeah, I really don't know what's happened. Uh, there's definitely things have changed and I don't know how much of it is COVID. Yeah. And a lot of venues have had to close. Um, I've, I've seen quite a few, and I hate to say this, but quite a few places where I just think it's not very well run. Okay. And, that, and that's just being brutally honest. I think there's some Is that places... because there's no money there or not enough money to employ someone decent enough to I just don't be know. a decent yeah. booker? And, and oh. actually they they need to be really good at marketing, for example, and perhaps ne- don't have the necessary skills. Like, yeah, there's quite a few places where I've managed to get in there and, and chat to someone on email and then they suddenly go, oh, by the way, you do know you've got to pay 300 quid up front to, to hire the place. I'm like, what? And I'm hiring it. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, kind of spring that on you. Yeah, thanks um, for bringing that in at last minute. Yeah, and that's really out of order. I mean, music venues shouldn't be doing that, making the band hire it and then making them earn it back. That's not really what it's about. If you're a music venue, I feel like you should have the the management skills and the marketing skills to, to make it work. Um, maybe I'm being harsh, but um, I, I feel to put the, the responsibilities on the shoulder of the bands who have day jobs and do other things is, is, is a bit much. Uh, but yeah, I've seen that a, a few times. It's fine. It's, it's who like, the question is who is, who's providing the service. That's what it is. And that are the band providing the service to fill the, fill the bar of entertainment or is the bar or the venue providing the service of hosting the band. It's where, it's where that culpability yeah. kind of lies. And that that's always been an issue with promoters, like to promoters actually promote or do they just like, like get the band in and that's it. Yeah. And sometimes they're trying to slopey shoulder, yeah. the thing and move it on to someone else. It's horribly always been about money rather than music, sadly. But but but, but how well, you know, but, you know, being a realist, you have to, it has to be sometimes, doesn't it? You know, yeah. you can't yeah. run these places for free. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I get there's a lot of challenges around running these places and people aren't necessarily going out and, and watching music as much as they used to, maybe. I don't know. No. Mm-hmm. Um, I blame the internet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I was just saying, we've been we, we kind of moving on to roller coaster here, but I really want to listen to some of the strings. Oh, yes. Yeah, please do. Um, okay. So, so, um, choice okay. track. What should I put on? There's loads. Uh, I think I suggested running blind because it starts with me. Amazing. <laughs> there we go. Perfect.
while that was playing, we were chatting. People don't get to hear that shit. But I was saying that sounds like live. You were freaking big. It you was a big, sound. huge. Yeah, you know yeah. What I, mean? I was just saying that the bass player's got that click with the pick, and he's got that big boomy tone as well. And then the guitar's sitting on that, and the drums are like, Bruh. yeah. I, I never. I can't believe it. I've never come across you guys. It must have been the whole time I was away. Yeah, yeah. Bad timing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a big tune. Big tune. Yeah, we had some huge, huge sounds. Big, big songs, and uh, it was great fun. Um, we, you know, we're good mates, and uh, it, was, it was a great, great few years. Eventually, you know, uh, that band kind of came to an end, and it left a bit of a gap. Yeah. Um, I was like, okay, next. Now's, now's my. <laughs> I will seize the moment. Yeah, is that what now's my Phil Collins moment. <laughs> Would <know>. you um, <laughs> do you currently see yourself as a, as a drummer or as a guitarist or as a singer? Where would you place yourself? None of those. <laughs> so I was amazed you invited me on. I, I, I listened to your other episodes. They're all musicians. <laughs> it's funny because it's about uh, first impressions because I've owned, well, I have seen you live as a drummer. It now turns out. But if I, if I yeah. picture in my mind, you are at the front of the stage with yeah. guitar and singing. So to me, you are a guitarist and a singer. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm me, still learning that really. And I, <laughs> like I say about, you know, being the front man is there's lots to it. And I'm still learning that bit of like, how you interact with the audience and get them going, you know. There's, I'm, I'm, I definitely feel like I'm better than I was when when I started. So I've learned a lot already. And <laughs> how many, still how many more years has it been going now? So 2017 was when I met Andy in that dodgy uh, bar. <laughs> uh, early 2017. Um, so yeah, six years. And but you've, uh, you've been drumming. You've been a, a drummer for like, well, maths, 15 years. Yeah, longer than that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, many many years. But I think underneath, I still feel like a drummer. Yeah. So that's where I'm comfortable. If I sit down, even just for a swap, I feel like I'm back home I know. and I can relax. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's always an element up, up front of feeling a bit of a charlatan. I'm hoping <laughs> that will fade. But, what's the, uh, um, what's the, is it an, an imposter syndrome? Yes, I, I, I suffer yeah. from that a lot. Do you know yeah. what I mean? But you have to kind of push past that. You have to that, get rid you? of that, don't you? Because I think it comes across. And if, you know, there's definitely been gigs where I've like not been comfortable and I think people can tell you can, see it on your face if you're not relaxed yeah. so somehow you have to get past that and that's a real challenge but it's kind of one of those challenges that i quite enjoy trying, yeah. to, trying to improve all the time um well the, the, I, I definitely don't see myself as a singer and i, I <laughs> ended up i had singing lessons funny enough with hannah who you've had on and um i took my kids along because it was kind of like a daddy daughter bonding thing <laughs> i thought you know this will be this will be fun like they can learn a bit about singing i can improve my voice because i was just starting the band at the time and uh i don't think she wanted me to to scream like i was saying i, I need to be able to scream and she's like i'm not sure that's a great idea but, um, yeah, i'll pretend i didn't hear that kind of thing but she taught me how to warm up and how to you know that's, yeah. sing properly from the right place and all that stuff which is what i wanted to learn but um it, it kind of came to an end because I, I was taking the girls along and it was a split lesson so the first half was my girls one of them was only i think about seven at the time and in one of the lessons uh she leant across to me i think hannah was talking or she was grabbing the, starting a backing track or something and mia leant over to me and went when can we go <laughs> but in a really not whispered voice <laughs> and hannah was, uh, i could tell oh. hannah was like oh how cute <laughs> 
That's brilliant. Like, uh, yeah, okay, right. So maybe the maybe they didn't take to it straight away. Um, Kids are merciless. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, brilliant. But they, I think they 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 did enjoy. It. They just um, they were a bit young, maybe. Um, yeah. So uh, I'd is like there, to get back there, to um, from. Oh God, I'm about to ask another personal thing. I, I want to do it. <laughs> I've got singing lessons lined up. I've got some vouchers and all that sort of stuff. And I'm going to be very soon. Is there a bit of a holy grail to singing? Is there something that they're going to tell me that I don't know as a layman, whatever, and they're going to go, this is how you sing? You breathe <laughs> like this? You do this? Or is it just... I think lots of little bits. There's lots of little bits that do lots help. Of little bits Breathing. It's all really interesting and really, yeah. really useful. So I think, yeah, definitely do it. And um, there's obviously the singing from the diaphragm thing, okay. singing from the right place so that you're you know, not going to strain your your voice so they'll teach you all that and then you'll go away and scream in the scream car because <laughs> that's what you like to do it feels good yeah um essentially you know i've i've gradually i think got better at the the gravelly rock voice because the more you sing the more that comes okay and you kind of you know you lacerate the throat enough and yeah you can scream a bit more and that's it um i haven't i've not yet strained my voice to the point where you know you hear people who strain their voice and they have to rest it and rest it in your luckily I've not done that yet lose it <laughs> yeah yeah I've not had that yet I've definitely had days when I'm croaky the next day <laughs> you know if you finish your set with uh teen spirit <laughs> something like that <laughs> no uh, I have to I was going to say thanks for um giving me the opportunity to play with you guys and also thanks for I've always obviously known the Foo Fighters. I loved their first album. I just thought mm. that was the most amazing thing ever. And Same, then I kind yeah. of lo- I lost them a bit. There, do you yeah. know what I mean? And so when Robbie asked me, do you want to jump in? And I was like, and I relearn. I had to relearn the tunes. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my God, it, this guy just writes cr- corker after corker. Yeah. After, and you know what I mean? And the bass, the bass is, you know, a lot of bass players who maybe like the primacy, chill, easy sort of type of bass, they might, forego Foo Fighters a bit but that guy mm. is incredible yeah it's pounding those notes out mm. it feels like you're playing a thousand notes a song just yeah. dun, 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 dun. it is a right arm workout it's incredible and, stuff and generally their songs are more challenging than I think you might realise yeah, exactly you try and play one and you realise he's chopped a bit off the oh, chorus God, or yeah. Oh, there's a, yeah. yeah a shorter bit one time round and the next time it's that's double it. length it's a funny little to make it sound as good as the Foo Fighters that's the challenge isn't it it's the yeah. last the largest percent is learning the notes it's the last 10% that's really hard I think yeah and being tight and all yeah. that stuff oh yeah amazing uh, so it's, it's it keeps the people playing the music interested because it's mm. challenging enough um, so yeah all good fun I was just thinking and I was going to say, my I've got this. What's the difference between? I think you. My I don't know if this is even a phrase, but in Australia, my friend used coined this phrase like championing the band. Mm. If you if you're essentially in charge of the band and you do all, you do the booking. That that's roller coaster, is it? Or, for me, for you, yeah, you yeah, are, I'm you, the dog's body you're the, and you're owner, a champion of the band, yeah. <laughs> yeah, champion, I suppose. Yeah. Is, is there way. is there more? Um, uh, is it more? fruitful being that guy in the band rather than the guy who just turns up at gigs because he's told to play like oh, maybe dude, that I happened see. in the past or have you always been that guy that's championed about championed a band i've often been the one that does the the running around okay but i think in in the strings it was really nice because reuben did all of that and i just literally turned up and played yeah. drums 
that was great. And sometimes I look back on that and think that was really nice, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> don't have to deal with promoters or yeah, pubs it. or yeah. whatever. hundred emails. Um, of- but then because I do all the hard work, I, you know, I get to do things how I want to do them. And, um, you know, the other guys in Roller Coaster take the mick out of me because I'm, I'm quite organised, I suppose. <laughs> that's, not a, that's not a bad thing with that. No, no. <laughs> I get a lot of stick about that. But um, it means, yeah, I can pick and choose what we do and, and lead it a little bit uh, if spring lacks me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, and, and you know, I, I feel like it's, it's all kind of come together this year, this past year. Now I've been getting the kind of gigs we want to do and we're playing the songs we want to play and it's culminated in, we've just been offered um, to play Carfest, oh, which wow. is, they've got like a little stage for local bands. And so we're going to be headlining that stage um, at Carfest. Oh, cool. When's South. Okay, when's this? So that's end of August, the bank okay. holiday. All right. Where is Carfest? Uh, it's somewhere near uh, Mitchell Dever, like Overton, kind of the right. Carfest South. Okay, cool. Right. Uh, somewhere around there. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, so that, that was really, go. yeah. really good. No, I love that. <laughs> so that was, yeah, that's good news and, and kind of and hopefully another one of those little highlights that are you finding, keep you going. Are you finding gigs are leading on to other gigs and obviously more exposure and all that sort of stuff? Sometimes, so, yeah. 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 And it's definitely good to have a bit of a network and, and a lot of the gigs I've, in the past I've tried to get in another tribute band as a support or, or even as a double header and just so that you can make that contact and that, you know, we've given bands gigs and they've yeah, actually returned the favour yeah. sometimes. So that's worked really well. And obviously you share the audience a bit as well. So yeah. share the burden of bringing people along and um, yeah, so that, that's always, always been good. But that hasn't changed because I haven't given a gig properly in a long, long while, but that always used to be a thing, didn't it? You know, how many people are you going to bring and all this sort of stuff? Mm. And is that oh, still a thing? I hate that. It's like, you must sell at least 15 tickets. <laughs> You're like, yeah, we'll be all right. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. And that's part of that thing I was talking about where, you know, it surprises me with some of these venues that they put so much of it on you. Um, and I feel like that's, that's something that definitely happened when I was 18, 19, they would put it all on your shoulders yeah, exactly. and say, well, if we're going to give you our stage, you've got to bring a load of people. It was yeah. almost that, that way yeah. around, like you say, the onus was on us. But now I feel like, you know, we're a decent enough band. People will hopefully come and see us. You have to book us, but then you have to actually promote it as well. Yeah. You've got to maybe spend a bit of money on Facebook or whatever you have to do, put a poster up. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you haven't got people coming through the door, maybe you're putting too much music on or maybe yeah. you need to rethink. But that, again, maybe I'm being too simple about it. Too no, harsh. I, you know, you're probably right. <laughs> if you're putting music on seven nights a week and you've got a clientele that, you know, they're not going to, they're not going to be able to afford seven nights of music, are they? So yeah, yeah. You pick and choose and, you know, it's tricky. It's a tricky mm-hmm. one. Yeah. And it hasn't changed. It hasn't has changed. It? <laughs> Talking like 20, 20 years ago to this day, it's, it's the same. same yeah. Yeah. Um, played a, a new, there's a new nice venue in Southampton called the Whiskey Blue, which I played the other night. Oh, okay. Really? And right. they, they only do gigs, they only do live music on the Friday. Oh, well, that's kind of good. And it's a bar the other night, which seems to, seems to make sense because the, the Friday becomes the event then. Yeah. Rather yeah. than the norm. So people, people will go down on Friday because they know music is on a Friday and it becomes part of the, part yeah. of the like, weekend out. And they've also, obviously, the other nights they've got other things going on. So they're not totally reliant on the band yeah. thing. So, you know, they've kind of cracked it there. Haven't yeah. They? And yeah. They've, they've got jazz on and we were, 
obviously to do against get like a poppy rock kind of thing and there was a choir supporting us so um so hopefully we'll see more of those that's good I yeah. Hope, yeah, let's hope so because yeah. it definitely need it because I know the big ones well the talking heads is long gone sadly yeah. That, was, yeah that was a great place that was a you know, that was a great place, especially the Portswood on one I'm talking about now, yeah. one, you know, by yes. the ship shop there. Yeah. That was amazing. You know, that was just my youth right there. <laughs> <laughs> did you do the same as me and after sound check, go and get chips? Yeah. yeah. Was it George's? <laughs> George's. I can't remember, to be honest. No, I can't remember. <laughs> there was a, it was a, someone had a story about a deep fried Mars bar. <laughs> <laughs> do you know that, what I think that is? Is the next podcast guest. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Shelve that one. He will definitely have to tell that story. Sorry. <laughs> my, my mind's going to be racing between now and then. Oh, dear. But anyway, moving on, moving on. Um, so you sent me some audio of Grody Coaster. Yes. Song um, from the Dead. So that's um, Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah. Right? So we don't really have anything properly recorded in the studio or anything. And I think It's kind of hard for a tribute act, isn't it? Yeah. Like, we, we find this... Like, but it costs so like, much money, I, doesn't it? It's like, I think. And you think um, Nile Rogers and Sheik have, have, have this seminal recording of Good Times, but you can buy us for a five if you want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, you're only going to use it really to promote the band. It's and, about, yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah, it's, true, it, yeah. Are you saying it's about, because people aren't, they're going to buy the actual band, aren't they, every day mm. of the week? You know what I mean? But, yeah. but you're promoting a live performance, essentially, aren't you? So YouTube is your go to, is it, do you say? Yeah, and like the recording I've got, I think is just an iPhone recording. Oh, okay. um, so you know, really, what I should be doing, we should go to a studio and get a nice recording done. You know, overdub that onto the video, yeah, yeah. do it mm-hmm. so it sounds good yeah. when you mm-hmm. listen on headphones or on a speaker. But it costs so much money to go to a studio and do a track <laughs> that you think, well, is that really where the priority is? Yeah. Um, we also need to get this, this, and this. So yeah, um, we're quite pleased with our backdrop. We recently got a big backdrop. Have and, you? You know that. That's it's nice to play in front of something that yeah. feels kind of branded and yeah. part of the, the band. Brief, briefly, before we play the track, give us a, the down low on the band name. Where did that go? It's brilliant. It's a brilliant name. It's a great oh, name. Man. <laughs> I, as I say, I like a play on words. And I like I, to think it was pun first and then, <laughs> then band later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm always pun first. Um, I think I just come up with a short list and that one... I thought, yeah, that, I think that's the one people will remember. And that's yeah. what I was going for is something that sticks in the mind. And I've had good feedback on it, put it that way. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's brilliant. It is good. It's memorable. <laughs> I would like to see the rest of that list, though. <laughs> you don't want to see it. <laughs> Go, smash a bit oh, of this okay. track. Okay, it's coming. Here we I come. I love this song.
Love, love, triple love that song. <laughs> <laughs> that was the highlight when I got to play with you guys. I was like, we're we doing that one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Such a great intro. Yeah, and Rob nails the drums Rob on it. Na- yeah. It's, the drums are awesome. Mm-hmm. That's what I said to you while I was playing. I just know, I mean, I've been, I've been playing along with Rob on drums since he was, since he hit, ever hit his first drum, probably. And I just know it's him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd know that drum anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, he's good. He's good. He's a good find. Um, talking while that song was on, like you mentioned that you never really, we were talking about, um, not that you were down on tribute bands when you were younger, but you never envisioned yeah. yourself in one. Yeah, I think I, 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 did, I did kind of look down on really? them a little bit when I was kind of back in sort of originals bands. And then, like I say, I saw a whole lot of lead and they were just in T-shirt and jeans and I thought, oh, I didn't know that was possible. And then I started to take more, more of an interest in it and there's a whole scene there, like there's lots of tribute festivals and uh, there's a whole world there. And you can, you know, I guess you could enlist with a promoter who will specialise in that kind of thing and, and, and promote you. Um, so far we've avoided that and we're all, it's pretty much DIY and we do a lot of it ourselves. Well, we were talking about it, it and you mentioned as well, Aidan, is possibly a different form of gratification yeah. from uh, a tribute band than a originals band. I think, or... I think the initial thing is like dodgy wigs yeah. and singing in a foreign accent kind of thing and like it all being a bit false and a bit plastic. But actually it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't have to be like that at all. It normally isn't like that. No, there's a huge, uh, I think there's a satisfaction in playing something as best you can and if it sounds good you get that roar hopefully from people watching a mm. bit of a cheer yeah and it's a kind of like saying yeah we think you've done a good job and that's a nice feeling but that does lead me on to a question i have for you guys which is <laughs> why do you think you get up on a stage because you could do what you do in a room with mates i i don't know why i get on a stage and do it yeah it's so an I'm interesting question isn't in it? why you do question. it and it's one you, you pour, it's one that I think about all the time. Yeah. And it's one, especially over the, I don't want to talk too much about myself, but over the last six years, I've been wondering exactly that. It's like my, I, I look back on, and then look back on the times when I was on stage all the time, and I did have a wild ego. I loved it. <laughs> oh, you know he, was, I mean? he was a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I never. I loved it. I loved it. I used it. to take mates to, to his gigs. I used to stop them outside the door and say, "I just need to warn you about Carl." <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but it was just the most fun I knew. It was brilliant. I couldn't wait to do it again every time. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, but with the highs came the come the massive lows. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like straight away after getting off stage. I just, you know, you just, I was down until it was happening again. Right. You know what I mean? Which is really bad. It's a quite Pack your a, stuff away, okay. drive two hours yeah, home. You know what I mean? All that, that rubbish. Yeah. Stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, you know, driving to Bath or Manchester for 45 minutes on stage, you've got to really want to do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But Maybe it's as simple as like like any kind of dopamine hit. It is. You kind of get it that high is. and then you crave mm. it. And yeah, it, it possibly is. But I don't know. It's it's a weird. I don't know why I. I think get up, there's a lot about being on stage and camaraderie and that kind of. Um, there's a big social aspect to it as well. I can't imagine that I, I I've never tried it, so I don't know. But me being on stage on the acoustic guitar, singing on my own. I think that would be that is where I'd like to head. It's, it's that really? we talk about the challenge, right? It's posing yourself well, on your own without a band. Yeah, well, yeah, possibly because that would be the most exposed and most. Yeah. Imagine that it's all down to you. It's like we were saying, nothing to hide behind. You yeah, know, it is all you. And I think you get to a point in life where possibly 
the ego slips away a bit. You don't need mm. it so much. I do enjoy playing at home. And you, that is the question, you know, what's the difference between playing something? And I do, I do derive huge satisfaction from playing and singing a song at home, which, you know what I mean? It's a lovely feeling. Mm. But then I think, I think that's always going to come back to people like us who play musical instruments, that once you can do that to some sort of level by yourself, it, the next stage is to play in front of your mum and your nan. Yeah. And then yeah. your mum and your nan and her six friends and maybe their sons and maybe and then bang. And then all of a sudden you're at, you know, you're playing a gig to a thousand in London and yeah. it is that it must come. It, I have one theory, which is I, I'm, I think an introvert and, you know, in towards the end of my teens, I wasn't particularly confident or outgoing. And so when I discovered guitar and drums and you could get on stage and be loud and get, I suppose, get attention that was kind of a way of doing it. And yeah. I was like, oh, this is quite cool. And you get a bit of a buzz and it's a bit addictive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I hope it's not that just underneath I'm a big attention seeker. No. <laughs> I, think, I think there's an element of share, sharing joy because you are making Maybe. people happy. Yeah. That's a nice well. way of looking when at it. you look out to the audience, people are grinning. Uh, it was like yeah. if you were on stage and everyone was pissed off because you were on stage, you, you, I don't think you'd enjoy it as much. <laughs> probably not. Yeah, <laughs> you, you wouldn't you, do it If again. you're doing that, you're probably Morrissey. <laughs> <laughs> So there, there is a like, there, yeah, there's create, there's bringing, uh, creating an atmosphere in the room and, and bringing yeah, everyone up. No, it is, um, yeah, it is. It's, uh, yeah, it's hard, isn't it? Because you don't want to be that guy who's craving attention and when, yeah. you know, and but that's but what at the same time you do, you do feel like you've, you know, that's why like this, this, oh god, the turmoil of creating original music. <laughs> you know, it should warrant some. Uh, treats of for want of a feedback. better word, some feedback, some, mm. you know what I mean? It's like, you know, I've spent six years honing these tunes and they're still not bloody ready. You know what I mean? And <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I guarantee they're ready. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you, do, you, just, you just need to, yeah, I know, just need yeah, to press the go yeah, button. That's it, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's, you know what I mean? So it'd be nice to, for someone to go, oh, that I like that. Yeah. That's a nice feeling. Yeah, yeah. You, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't, that shouldn't be your go-to for the reason for doing it. Mm. You know what I mean? And it's definitely not for myself because I do it regardless of that. Yeah. But yeah, it's a tricky one to answer. I've that. often thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm just a closet show off. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I think I think everybody has a creative outlet. Yeah. Whether mm. they are a musician or whether they are a, a, like a writer or whether they are knitting socks for their granddaughter where or do whether you, they're where doing. Do you stand? Like, it's, 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 it's still being about creative. Yeah. Where do you stand on TikTok dancers? <laughs> I don't know, hard. I don't know. Just squish them into the ground. <laughs> are they, you know what I mean? Are they bringing joy to the nation? Are they, I don't know. It's just I, a whole world. I have, to, I have to comment because my wife will pick me up if I don't. And that uh, we we did a TikTok dance in lockdown. Did you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So we send me a link. Can you that's send me a link? I'm on in the That's getting links. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but my kids are on there all the time, so it's kind of it yeah, was, it's, it was it's in a generational house. thing, obviously. Something I've completely missed. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's great. It's it's great because it's about people um, expressing themselves and yeah. I think it's it's all about expression, really. Isn't it's it? the same thing. You can essentially put it, package it all as the same thing. I mean, and that's not really that different from someone doing like singing a cover song. No, it's or true. like I do videos of me playing bass along to other tracks. It's not. Yeah. It's no, whether it's dancing or playing bass, it's all the same. Yeah. It's, it's all the same thing, isn't it? I think people just need an outlet, really, especially yeah. after the COVID thing where we were boxed up for like two years. Yours is yours is highly educational, 
what you do though. So you know, oh, I'm, with, the- I'm, with the bass and they've got the bass tab wrong, run along the bottom. That's very cool. That's good. I know some bass players have actually learned songs really? by watching your YouTube videos. Oh, okay. That's so, cool. Uh, <laughs> you're doing all right there. But uh, I think it was hard to handle by the Black Crows, possibly. Oh, it? yes. Yes. That that was, a, that was a great experience because it was, um, there's a bass player who learned hard to handle from my YouTube video. And I, and I went to see his band play and he played back to me a bass line that I improvised in the YouTube video and that was really <laughs> surreal. <laughs> 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 So hang on. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Oh, brilliant. All right, so we so the future is bright. bright. <laughs> it is. Do you see this happening for many years to come, or what's, what's the... Yeah, I, mean, I suppose all no of us, any, anyone, yeah, anyone <laughs> who's a bit creative or, or a musician or whatever will probably have lots and lots of ideas. And I've always had one idea, which would be to do, uh, you know, Me First and the Gimme Gimmies. They do like punk versions. Oh, yeah. Of, oh, yeah. Uh, they were great. Listen to them a lot. Love to do something like that one day. But it's kind of like a one day, you know, and there's lots of one days. Um, but for now, Roller Coaster's great fun and it's not a massive commitment for us. You know, we, we don't play that many gigs. It's not taking up a lot of our time. So, um, yeah, just just loving that at the moment. Um, and can't wait for, for Carfest and a couple of other gigs we've got in the summer. That's brilliant. So, uh, yeah. and where can where can people find you online? So, growlercoaster.co.uk. That's G R O H L E R Coaster. We've had all sorts of spellings. <laughs> <things. laughs> There's a link in the description up to the screen yeah. there. Okay, great. Um, and also, what um, what we could link to is in in um, lockdown, the four of us kind of recorded a song remotely. So. Um, you know, everyone recorded their bit and we oh, yeah, put it, it all did, together. Yeah, yeah. So we've put that on SoundCloud under Inch Punch uh, as a sort of working name because um, that was that was stuff that I wrote or, and then the other guys sort of contributed towards it. So I'll send you that link as oh, well. Oh, yeah, great. That's yeah. great. Awesome. It's madness. This is good. Go out and see them. I've had the privilege of playing with them and it's loads of fun and but um, it's a great band to watch. So you should, people should go and see them. And you know all the songs. You really do. Mm. It's yeah, mad. it's amazing. It's yeah. amazing how many like Foo Fighters songs you actually know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that does surprise people. That yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and Nirvana as well. The, yeah. the Nirvana ones are always quite popular. Um, and um, even, you know, Tenacious D tribute goes yes, down yeah. really well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you always get the hardcore Queens of, Queens of the Stone Age fans. Yeah, you know definitely. I mean? you love the sort of heavier ones, which is cool. Yeah, but um, that's a that's a wealth of, and the beauty of it is it doesn't stop now. Do you know what I mean? Like there's, you got other bands like Probot. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure yeah. anyone to go there. But um, what's, the, do, um, what's the what's the thrash metal band he had recently? Oh, that's oh, great! Dream, yeah, that's really dream, actually dream really good. Dream Widow. Dream Widow. It's actually really good. That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd love to do. There was a song he did in Scream. Um, called God Look, God's Look Down, where he was allowed to sing the vocal. So that's like really early sort of Dave coming out from behind the kit. And uh, so obviously that's pre-Nirvana. Oh, yeah, I love, so, love, bloody love Scream, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to do that song. That's, yeah. that's really, really good. That's cool. That's cool. And then like, cool. oh gosh, and I'm and then, and then the, he's not finished, is he? He's, he's going to carry on writing, so you're going to have a... Yeah, I imagine so. Yeah, I mean... Have you got, I know this is probably a sore point, but who, who do you think the next drummer is? You, you're really a, obviously know. a massive fan of the band to be in a tribute act. Yeah. Do you follow them? Yeah. Yeah, so. big fan. I think that for me, 
like same as you that my favorite album is actually the first one yeah and he recorded he did all the music he did all the tracks on that and i still think that's an amazing feat he did it in a week or something crazy i read the book about it um but i think as they've got on through the years i've probably got more radio friendly kind of middle of the road which is less me so i think a lot of the stuff we do in the band is probably their older older stuff Uh, and that's probably better known um but I, I, i always think he's got something kind of around the corner i think he may may not do the Food Fighters forever. He may completely yeah. reinvent himself, go back on the drums, who knows? Yeah. Um, I, I couldn't guess who the next drummer is. Um, it's the, the rumours seem to change every day. The recent rumour was Soundgarden guy, wasn't oh, it? Matt, Matt, Cameron. Matt Cameron was rumoured. Oh, okay. I think, yeah, no, I think nice. he's come out and said, no, it's not It's not me. No, good. <laughs> <laughs> he speed fell jam up. I don't like it. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> he's just doing everything at breakneck speed. He's, you know what I mean? But um, yeah. There no. was someone who played in the tribute concert who I thought was a really good fit. Uh, I can't remember his name. He, I think he's from Offspring. Um, okay. Guy with short, blonde, spiky hair. But um, he was really, really good drummer and, and I, I felt like he was a good fit. I wasn't sure about um, Taylor's son. I think he's maybe a bit young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the other good, rumor, I thought he did a good job though. For... did really well. But yeah, I just feel like it's something, for me, not something not quite right about that. Yeah. Um, Roger Taylor's son was rumoured as well, wasn't he? Um, the guy, he's with the darkness. Is he Ruf- Rufus? I don't know. Oh, okay. Okay. So he was rumoured as well. But I don't know if that's because he looks a bit like Taylor. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm sure Dave will be producing yeah. stuff for a he long know, time He to knows come. a few people, Dave. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is actually my favourite Foo Fighters story when he, asked, he was asking Taylor forever. Does he know anyone who plays drums good enough to play in the Foo Fighters? Taylor's <laughs> <laughs> going, me, you know, why is he asking me that? You know, he's just winding him up. You know, I thought that was a great story, but yeah. Awesome. Rest in peace. <laughs> um, okay, so it's been a fantastic evening. Thank you for joining no, us. No, it really has. Thanks for having me. It's been great to have you. Um, the, the bad news, though, is Carl. What? Um, we've got to sing a song to finish. Oh, I haven't got any more words. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, hold on. I thought we'd been writing lyrics all, all week. No, two and a half minutes at work today. <laughs> oh, because you're going to have to ad lib it, are you? Okay. Oh, damn it. Okay, fair enough. All right. All right. Um, so, Jimmy, are you going to be on percussion for this? Yeah, I've got my bongos out. <laughs> oh, I've got my love egg. <laughs> all right, okay. All right. Um, okay. What kind of mood are you in, Carl? You set the mood. Okay. All right. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go sexy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? Why on? I don't even know what that is, but let's do it. Oh. oh hold on. Oh, <laughs> Perfect. Learning to fly On a Tuesday I was pretending to be the pretender You see what I'm doing? <laughs> Wednesday made me ever long <laughs> Thursday 
lost my monkey wrench when working on my car. You just read that Spotify. Shut up. <laughs> All these days are so cold. Make me wanna break out. This is a call. That's one of my favourites, by the way. There's no way back from here. It's a cold day in the sun. Monday hours learning to fly. Oh, did I mention you are my hero? Nice. All the ones I know. <laughs> you mean through the top I'm dry. ten? <laughs> I'm, I'm dry. <laughs> oh, the best of. That's <laughs> the best. The best. <laughs> the best. The best. Oh, I'm dropped oh, D. That's awesome. That was nice. There we go. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> 